Welcome to the Crown Council Mentor of the Month. This year, our Mentor of the Month presentations will focus on practice fundamentals. Fundamentals are the most essential part of a business. They serve as the groundwork for success and need to be reviewed and re-reviewed no matter where you are in the timeline of your career. Coach Vince Lombardi once said that football is two things. It's blocking and tackling. I don't care about formations or new offenses or tricks on defense. You block and you tackle better than the team you're playing, you win. This year's Mentor of the Month interviews will review business fundamentals. They are the blocking and tackling of business success. Please enjoy now this Mentor of the Month presentation. All right, welcome to the Crown Council Mentor of the Month. This is Steve Anderson, and our topic uh, for the next few minutes is playing quarterback, getting your CPA, financial planner, and other professionals all on the same team, which is your team. So I'm excited to have uh, Charles Loretto with us for our Mentor of the Month. Charles has spent the last 16 years as an investment advisor representative with Kane Waters and Associates. Uh, each week, Charles presents to dental schools, residency programs, study clubs, dental symposiums, and state and national dental meetings. And he works daily with dentists and other healthcare providers to carefully choose the financial team that will guide their practices and manage their personal finances. Uh, he's also the founder of National Dental Placements, which is a Kane Waters and Associates affiliate company that assists doctors in buying, transitioning, and evaluating their uh, practice. So I've asked Charles today to help us assemble the criteria for organizing your total financial team, which can be a challenge sometimes. So Charles, welcome, and thanks for being our, our mentor of the month this month. Thanks, brother. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Can I say something to you? Uh, first of all, I appreciate the invitation to come on, number one. And number two, thanks for uh, what you do in industry as well. I think we're both, our organizations are very passionate about helping, you know, dentists kind of grow their, their businesses and, and grow their financial plan. But even personally for uh, the group listing, uh, uh, they, they probably don't know that you actually come in here and, uh, and help actually mentor a lot of our advisors just on better communication. And you do that at your, at your dime and, uh, it's made each of us, uh, better. So, uh, I appreciate, I appreciate that sincerely. Happy to do it. Yeah. So uh, what I've, uh, what I've, the ask this morning was uh, to walk us through some quick criteria of how you get all of the financial people in your life working in a coordinated effort on your team, your CPA, your planner, your, all of the people that potentially are on your financial team so that it's a coordinated effort, which can be a little, little bit of a challenge at times. So I'm gonna walk through each one of these, just ask you some quick questions about your experience because what you do all day is help people manage and, and put together this team. So let's start with your CPA and what a dentist should reasonably expect from their CPA in terms of service, expertise, and what they should be providing uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, you bet. So, you know, when you think about from a, a CPA, uh, Steve, there's, there's really a couple of areas that I, I think are, are really, you know, important. I think there's this, um, there's this need of understanding the business. So I, I always talk about that. It's important to understand from the, uh, from the accounting side, you know, so just they understand just how to manage, uh, 
uh, the chart of accounts, and there's also this this tax side. So let's just focus just just on a, a couple of those. So when you think about the uh, the business itself, you want to make sure that the accountant, or in this case, um, for each of those of you are listening, you want to make sure that your accountant really understands the business of dentistry, understands you know this this good chart of accounts, understands direct costs, understands you know what your fixed costs are. What I mean mean by that is to be able to look inside of, of the business and be able to to see that hey their uh, supply costs are running at you know uh, six or seven percent and figure out do we have some hand pieces stuck in there is that some unusual bills uh, but what's causing that but really to push them at the five percent push them at you know at their lab costs to see what we can do to lower that look at their individual um, staff and to see that we're getting the best return out of their you know individual how many assistants they have compared to, you know, if it's a million dollar practice, they run in two assistants or three assistants. How does that compare to other practices? And so one of the things we've been able to utilize is basically this mass amount of data uh, as a firm. So we have, you know, over a thousand general practices. And so we're able to kind of utilize um, a lot of that, that data to, to see what, you know, what's out of line and what's, you know, in line. It's like always celebrate your successes in your business when your business overhead is is really good but also focus have your cpa focus on on the areas uh, that are out of line and and also too just on the from the a little bit on the accounting standpoint a little bit on the practice management standpoint as well as to be able to look at their individual investments that they're making inside the practice and so you know if 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 a doctor is sitting around with some laser or CD, CT machine and, and they're just not utilizing it, there should have been some really tough questions, some really good, solid, break-even questions before they before they made that investment. If they're, you know, placed a few implants, it's not necessary to go out and place, uh, you know, $140,000, you know, investment, you know, into place. If they've gone and they've taken all the courses and, and now all of a sudden they're placing 50, 60, 70 implants, and they really, this is definitely the time to make those types of investments as far as equipment, then you need to have the, the CPA to really look at the break-even of that decision. You know, what, what amount of case acceptance are we gonna need to see? How many more implants are we gonna need to get uh, from that investment based on if we finance that, you know, equipment, you know, over a five-year period or seven-year period at 4% and be able to look at that monthly payment and say, okay, you know, here's the uh, here's the break even you know for the decision so the first part of your question is it's important to have the understanding for on the chart of accounts on the accounting standpoint but also the next part is does the CPA understand tax deductions as it pertains to both the dentist and as it pertains you know on the on the personal uh, life and so you know I always always say in a lecture format you know kind of rate your CPA one to ten if they're very proactive Kind of in your business really like challenge you you know all of your uh, decisions uh like that example on a piece of equipment they're showing you hey we could do a 179 deduction but i've looked at the you know the um the levels as far as the uh, uh tax tax brackets and it would make sense really you know charles that based on your two hundred and thirty thousand dollar income that we do not take the 179 deduction. I'd rather spread that deduction out over a five or seven year period because I can see what you're going to be making over the, over the coming years. And see, so many times I see, uh, you know, dentists uh, maybe relying or not relying on their CPA to really 
push them through those decisions. So um, it's important they do understand uh, both that they have great tax planning and they also have good uh, chart of accounts, good management, and pushing them, you know, as a, as a clinician. All right. So uh, good advice on the CPA side. Now differentiate that from what somebody should expect from their financial planner. What what's the the different role and what should they expect from from that person? Yeah, sure. On, on the on the financial planner, look, there's 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 a lot of emotion that typically is attached on the CPA standpoint, and a lot of emotion typically attached to on the financial uh, advisor. It's probably the when I when I speak to you know at this point you know a number well well plus ten thousand you know Dennis kind of like yourself you're you've been around for a long time. They're extremely fast. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate uh, it. You know, you have a, only a little bit of, of gray coming in. This is this is what's happened. <laughs> That's working. wisdom, Charles. That's wisdom. I started with brown when I entered this industry, but now working with all these dentists, it's, it's gone a little bit uh, gray. Um, you know, the thing I would tell uh, the audience here, uh, Steve, is that um, you know, this emotional game and, and try to take a little bit of emotion uh, away from this is I would request that any uh, anybody who's working with a financial advisor to request uh, what's called an ADV form. And this is the form that you have to submit in uh, to the Security Exchange Commission. This form is basically discloses how that person you know, gets paid. I also like to send a separate email, just some type of written communication that the doctor would have to the financial advisor and ask them, you know, very specifically to say, how do you get paid? Can you break down all the fees, the hourly fees, you know, any commissions, um, you know, if there's any referral fees that are, that are coming back, it's really, really uh, important that, uh, that, that they see that. Also is on their financial advisor, many times that they're, you know, telling you making investments either in the tax deferred, tax free, or even taxable type investment accounts. And, you know, are they in sync, you know, with the CPA? Because the, in the end, you know, all these investments have a tax strategy. The, again, a tax-free, you know, could be that you had to pay tax today to, to, to receive kind of a tax-free benefit, you know, later. Uh, or it could be that you're in a very low taxable, you know, uh, income position right now. So maybe it makes sense to pay little tax now at an early age to get that tax-free, you know, investment. And so it's not just looking at, a Schwab or a Smith Barney type account or some Vanguard account that's ETF and low fees, but it's just also on the tax strategy and kind of the, the growth of these investments uh, and be able to see it. So just the absolute key is, is to make sure that you know, you, the doctor, you're in charge of, of your own financial plan. Understand there's very, uh, there's a lot of emotion with that financial advisor, ask lots of questions and challenge them. Uh, keep them a little bit of an arms arms leak if you uh, if you can, um, because uh, it's it's kind of a long tough road and there's going to be some some bumps and and you need to be able to pull the trigger you know if you can and, and maybe changing uh, those advisors you know if uh, uh, if needed. So just ask ask lots of questions. You can even ask questions as far as like hey um, in this example like for Kane Waters. Hey Kane Waters, uh, I'm looking you know a new client comes in and they they're making some type of investments uh, with their local person. And they say, okay, I understand you guys are pretty passionate about your own investments. Uh, can you show me Kane Waters, your 
your own investments? Can I, can I, can I kind of see you're maybe recommending some of these Cane Waters investments maybe for me? Can I, can I actually see what that looks like for you? Are you doing the exact same thing? We're, we're, these 130 employees that are participating in the pension plan, what are they invested in? What risk fees, you know, are you guys all associated with and how does that all work? And, and that's the type of question you should be asking your advisor. Got it. Perfect. All right. Let's, uh, let's hop back to your accountant and uh, should your CPA who does your books be the same one who does your taxes or is there benefit in, in, in having two different people do that? What's your thought there? You know, um, it's okay that there's two different people. It's okay that maybe, you know, it could have a spouse that could have a, a, some type of accounting, you know, background, maybe a CPA even, and, uh, but they don't feel comfortable on the, the actual uh, tax, you know, tax deductions. It's, the actual, it's just that key is just getting those books right, be able to manage those books, be able to really benchmark those over, you know, the last year, you know, previous years, be able to see those percentages pop out uh, of, you know, what's, what's not making sense. So the bookkeeping is very important to me, um, especially when the overhead is out of line. So if I had a, if I saw, you know, a million dollar client uh, from a collection standpoint and they had a 65% overhead, uh, that overhead is high for me. And so I really need good chart of accounts because now I need to really focus on some of those areas that, that are out of, out of line. Um, you know, the CPA, uh, you know, it could be different, it could be the same, but in the end, it, it's the deduction that, that you, you took or you didn't take, Steve. So, you know, in this example, the guy or gal made $350,000 of, of income. So they, they took the $72,000 pension deduction. They depreciated the equipment correctly. They maybe had the spouse on the payroll so they can get the pension, the, the, the pension deduction. They were able to you know, strategize on what they were running through their business uh, and they could justify those spouse and maybe some of those meals and some of those, you know, travel expenses. And so we either we took the deduction, you know, or we didn't. And that's, that's in the end what we're looking to do. And, uh, you know, so I always want to, again, remove a little bit of that risk with um, uh, kind of working with just that one CPA. Do not be afraid, you know, to ever look at another CPA and say, hey, can you mind looking at this tax return? Because right. what's great about investments and what's great about um, a CPA is, is this is a very measurable event. You took the deduction or you didn't. You have the right type of pension plan. They get the most money in with the least amount of cost. You, you had investments for one, three, five, seven, ten 10 years. Here were the fees. Here were the risk you took. And here's the return. So it's, it's extremely measurable. And, and you know, for the, for the dentist, it, it's not measurable, uh, this everything that they do in, in their field, it's all science. And so, you know, there's 20, 30, 40 different, you know, uh, doctors all looking at one set of x-rays and they all have different opinions. Right. And they all make it, they'd be arguing until, you know, the sun went down or came up, you know, about who's right. But our business is pretty cool because we kind of get to see what's, what's right and wrong. There are some gray areas for sure. But in the, in the end, we're able to look at it pretty, uh, pretty quickly and figure out what's, uh, what they did right. And, you know, you and I have talked about this before, <clears throat> is, uh, you know, the, the money issue is very easy to measure. And as complicated as the tax code is, uh, their opinions. I mean, there are different taxes. CPAs have different opinions about what you should do, what you shouldn't do, timing, all those things. So, uh, 
in a lot of ways, yes, there is right and wrong. And then there's also everybody's opinion about, you know, what you should do and, and what right. direction you go. So having a different set of eyes always, always makes a big difference. Um, hopping back over to the financial planner and you mentioned the ADB form, which is great advice. Is there anything really such as a, an objective financial planner? I mean, doesn't, doesn't how they get paid influence the kind of advice they get? Is, is there anybody that's really objective out there? Really? I don't know. You know, it's, uh, you're going to get paid. So, I mean, I guess the guy that's just giving a flat hourly that has no, um, uh, you know, no compensation, you know, on investments, you know, at all, and just gets paid on an hourly basis, you know, uh, maybe, but it, it's certainly a fair question. Look, the key is that you understand that, you know, many advisors are going to get paid, you know, many different, you know, ways. So typically they're paid on some type of a flat fee. Maybe they're paid on some type of, you know, assets under, uh, assets under management. You know, most advisors are paid, you know, generally between one to two, uh, percent. Uh, there's a lot of fees that are going on, you know, back and forth. So it's, it's important for you to, uh, to think about, uh, it's important for you as the investor to know that, uh, it, it's a, it is about saving money in the right environment. We're, we're really big on education, uh, here at Kane waters and making sure that the client understands that, uh, to save in the right environment, you know, is uh, a significant piece or significant part of this battle. And so, you know, if you're saving in the right environments, in this case, a tax deferred and tax free environments, you're always maximizing, you know, those environments. It, it, it's, it's something that's really important to us. It's, it's not just asset protected, but to be able to look at a 30 year old putting that money away, um, you know, over a, uh, a 30 year period, I have some slides and I typically show in a lecture to our show, you know, young person saving $70,000 a year for, um, you know, a 30, a 30 year period. Well, they technically save $2.1 million, but at an 8% rate of return, that money grew to $8 million. And so the compounding interest of the $6.4 million that they were able to accumulate, it was about the environment, not necessarily that it was seven and a half or, you know, 8.25, you know, percent, but it was really about that environment if they chose maybe not to save. So, there is that balance of yes, you know, managing, you know, risk rate and, and return, but it, it's certainly a key component of, uh, of putting, um, you know, putting it all in the right place. How often should someone meet with their financial advisor? Well, you know, we, we meet with our clients, you know, once a year face to face on an eight hour basis. Um, but we're talking about taxes and pension and their and your investments. We're talking about their practice and business goals and things like that. Um, and we're talking through them throughout the year also about, about their investments and, you know, pretty much on retainer throughout the whole year. But with regards to if they're only looking at investments, you know, I'd recommend at least, at least twice a year uh, that they're sitting, you know, face to face uh, with their advisor. Again, uh, really kind of challenging uh, them as far as maybe their, their global knowledge, uh, their U.S. stock knowledge, you know, what, what, they, what they perceive as happening. Look at maybe some individual holdings that they have and maybe some of the um, exposure they have, you know, in those stocks. Uh, and does it really match with their, uh, their risk uh, tolerance that they've said? And what has changed in the risk tolerance? Maybe they're getting closer to retirement and is, is, will that affect their actual investments? 
Uh, same question for CPA. How often should somebody be talking, especially, <clears throat> excuse me, or their tax CPA? Is that because, you know, most it's, you talk, you talk to them in the middle of a crisis or when you had, need some calculator or whatever, and then it's a surprise on uh, in the middle of December or in April how much you really owe, and then everybody's ticked off at their tax guy because they owe more tax than they. So how often do you recommend meeting with CPA? Well, well, first of all, I hope they continue to keep making those mistakes because December, <laughs> December and April and May are by far my best months to bring in new clients because there go. there's so much frustration with, you know, I gave my all my stuff to my accountant and he just surprised me on April 14th with this is how much you owe. And the conversation always starts off with, well, Charles, you had a great year. year that's right. You know, that's always what they start off with. And then they come back with how much, how much tax they have. So, you know, at minimum, you know, you should be sending your, you know, your books over to your tax CPA. And then ideally on a quarterly basis, I think it's great that you're meeting with them to see a little bit of the shifts. Uh, certainly in that third quarter, Steve, it's super important that they're having kind of the kind of that September, October to be able to look at what the, you know, what, what's happened in the past. They're probably talking about equipment investments, talking about the pension plan, having a pension plan proposal run to see how much they're going to be able to fund into the plan, maybe a defined benefit plan they're putting in place. So they're looking at a lot of various pieces so that the April does not uh, become a surprise um, because it's, it's frustrating for a lot of people that um, that, that surprise comes. They, people just look, just they want good advisors and just to be able to be honest with them and, and uh, kind of, do what you say and say, Hey, you know, we're going to talk and, and we're going to, they understand the business able to forecast it, you know, correctly and plus or minus 5% or so on the, the tax, maybe even 10%. They're paying a hundred grand and Hey, we underestimated by five or $7,000. That's okay. I don't really have a problem, you know, with that. It's, it's when we're 15, 20% off on our taxes that it, it's, it, it becomes a, a, yeah, a problem just for management of cash. What's the most important number every dentist should know? There's a lot of numbers to keep track of. Uh, what's, what is the most important business number they should know? So, and I think a lot of consultants will, hey, you need to know your break even. And, and I get that. I, I know that I'm sure that you, you, you're in the same, uh, same exact position where you're, you're trying to focus with these young people and established doctors and, and maybe someone bringing in a, a partner kind of, hey, what's that, what's that break even? And so, there's really four break-evens in my uh, opinion. Okay. And, uh, you know, first there's, there's the break-even of the, of the practice. And so you obviously need to understand that. And there obviously is the break-even, you know, of your home, having an own personal financial plan, you know, at your home. And when I, when I ask people in a lecture, hey, what do you think that number is? Most people will say, hey, I, I think I have a good number with that. And I know my wife and my, my, my husband and I, we, we live on, whatever, $12,000, you know, a month, whatever the number is, $15,000. Hey, I know that my, you know, my business, uh, you know, we need about $50,000 a month, whatever that number is. And so a lot of times they kind of know a little bit of this, but I, I think where they really miss it is do they understand the break-even of their home, the break-even of their business, the break-even of the amount of taxes that they were forecasted to pay based on their financial plan slash based on their, their pension plan. So, so for, for, for example, um, you know, if I was, uh, if I was 47 years old 
And I basically said, hey, I have X amount of assets right now. I've got X amount of, you know, return that I'm, you know, set to, uh, uh, to yield. You know, I need to save, you know, X amount of dollars. I put that amount of dollars into my, my retirement plan. Then the million dollar question the advisor needs to figure out is, okay, well, what is that true, uh, that true break even? And so, you know, if, uh, you know, let, let's just say the number is, you know, from a business, you know, standpoint, let's say my business, it does, at my business expenses, I need $50,000 a month to make my business work. That's my fixed cost, direct cost, that's getting all my bills paid. So that's gonna be, you know, really important. I understand that number. Let's say that, you know, me and my, um, my spouse, uh, we need, you know, um, uh, $80,000, you know, from a retirement standpoint that we need to save for retirement. So I got that number, that's 6,666 bucks right there. Uh, let's say that uh, that's going to be our tax liability as well. Our advisor is forecasting we're going to have about uh, CPA advisor working with the pension advisor saying we're going to need about eighty thousand for taxes annually. Okay, there's another, you know, six thousand six hundred and sixty-six bucks. Let's say that you know we're, we're lifestyle is pretty big at the house and, and we're running a, you know, twenty thousand dollar monthly uh, lifestyle. Okay. Well, now all of a sudden I can take a look at, you know, each of those four numbers, total it up. And I know that with great tax planning, I have that set. I know that my financial plan is working. I'm saving this maybe $80,000 a year. Everything's working with me, my spouse and my kids and 529 plans and all these things. So now my break even is my 83,000. Now my break even is at, at that million dollar number. See that break even could be less. It could be 70,000 a month, $65,000 a month. It could be a number that, that's, that's much greater. The key to that process is really what most people leave off is the tax component, and they always leave off their self. They just, they never really plan, you know, for themselves, and, and, and it always works out to where if you take care of yourself first, then the rest, you know, will typically, you know, kind of shake itself out. And I, the other thing I like to uh, suggest too is that number that number needs to be suggested, uh, not suggested, but the number needs to be broken down into your staff. The staff doesn't need to know that you're going to Hawaii once a year on vacation. They don't need to know you're saving $80,000 in your pension plan. They need to know the numbers, 83,000 or 70,000 or 60,000. So they know when they reach the goals. And I think that you celebrate those, those goals with your staff and you do that with, with compensation or benefits that, that whatever it is that makes them, makes them tick. Perfect. Four break-evens, not just one. Four break-evens, baby. That's right. <laughs> good, good advice. Perfect. Charles, thanks for the, uh, the quick update on all these areas. I, like I said, when I started, one of the biggest challenges is getting all of those different components to work together, not only your CPA and your financial planner, but your estate planner and all the other people that play a part in this and getting them all on the same page. Everybody looks at the equation from a different standpoint, from a different perspective and getting them all to work together is uh, key. Uh, for everybody's information, uh, your contact information, um, as a standing thing, I think everybody knows this, but I'll just reiterate it, that you personally will look at um, anyone's tax returns, financial statements, really their whole financial picture and give them uh, just some some advice, some ideas, uh, just based on your perspective, working with thousands of dentists every year. So your contact information, if you would. 
Yeah, just uh, they sent it just to Charles at Kane Waters uh, email address. That is no cost, no obligation to any of your uh, your members, uh, uh, Steve. Uh, usually just takes me uh, probably 30 to 45 minutes of prep time. And then usually I ask about 30 to 40 minutes of phone time with the client just so I can ask a bunch of questions. And uh, the goal is to educate them and push them in a in the right direction. And that somehow benefits Kane Waters fantastic. Uh, but the goal is to is is really just to educate um, you know your group as well as the entire group of dentistry of uh, some of the right and key decisions they need to make. Perfect. All right. So it's Charles at canewaters.com. C-A-I-N-W-A-T-T-E-R-S.com. And your phone number. Yeah. So just the my the, the main phone number here is 972-233. 3323. Obviously, just visit our Cane Waters website. It's very well updated. Uh, you can take a look at our blog. It's uh, it's uh, we're really proud of our site. And uh, so, visit around, click on that. We'll we'll send you client references uh, that that we work with. And again, um, happy to make the call educational, not some uh, self-serving uh, sales pitch uh, about Cane Waters and how great we are. But it'll be about you. I can assure you. Thanks, Charles. Thanks for your advice today. Thanks for being our mentor this month. All right, buddy. Appreciate Appreciate it. it. Thanks, guys.